0: You're listening to Real Presence Live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Join the conversation on our Facebook page or on Twitter. And be sure to like and follow us for more great Catholic content. Now, back to the show. Welcome back, everyone.
1: My name is Tim Mosier, host today for Real Presence Live between the railroad tracks and the cathedral. Looking through the window at producer Rachel, and she reminded me very nicely over the break that uh, Mark Holcraft is on at 10 o'clock, not 9.30. Oh, thanks very much. (laughs) We have a wonderful guest on here at 9.30, someone I know personally, and someone who I shared a nice cold evening with on Sunday, but for a very good cause, Cassandra Johnson. Welcome, Cassandra
0: Hi, Tim. Thank you
1: for having me. Oh, yes. Yeah. So so good to talk to you. Thanks so much. Well, we'll get to that uh, that part of the story in a little bit. Um, why don't you tell our listeners just a little bit about yourself growing up and maybe your faith life growing up?
0: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so I'm a native of Moorhead, grew up in a, in a small family. I got one brother, and we... We were pretty uh, cradle Catholic. Mm-hmm. Uh, I went to Catholic school my whole life, uh, which I really find a, a blessing. It was a little seed that was planted mm-hmm. um, as I was growing. So I went to St. Joe's Elementary, St. Joe's Parish, and ended up going to Shanley in Fargo mm-hmm. uh, for high school. And yeah, I think growing up, the biggest thing that was in salt, like in in my life was that we are Catholic. And what does that mean? And so a lot of it came through my education, but then started coming through being involved in youth groups, going on a lot of missionary trips, anything that I could really get my hands on (laughs) to do, I wanted to do. And I had a really great group of friends growing up, too, that were supportive of me in that. And so that kind of led me to make the decision at the end of high school to go to the University of Mary in Bismarck. And so I continued my education there, and I thought that the Lord was calling me to um, a psychology degree. And so that's what I focused on with minor in Catholic studies and still continued there, that that thirst for uh, the knowledge of our faith. And then, um, yeah, once I graduated, I started working at the Autism Center in Fargo and just felt like I was called somewhere else. Um, and I was interning with uh, Bob Noel at the Diocese of Christen, mm-hmm. uh, helping with some youth camps that I'd been involved with my whole life. And he said, hey, you know, we have this opening. You know, maybe it's something you want to look at. And I just uh, took it to prayer, and I said, all right, Lord, like if you want me to work in the church, uh, you got to open the doors. <laughs> mm-hmm. And he opened every single one. And so now I'm the pastoral associate for the Office of Formation and Discipleship at the Diocese of Crixton.
1: Wow, that is great. Well, thanks for saying yes, you know, to God. It's 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 pretty amazing how how God works, you know, taking you places that you never thought you'd be, and yet, like you said, waited upon the Lord, open the door, show me if that's what you want. That's wonderful. You know, having that upbringing that you mentioned, uh, Cassandra, about you know having a family uh, that is so Catholic. You know, obviously, it's not a hundred percent guarantee that that the children are going to be raised that way, but it really, really. Uh, instills in you, doesn't it? This idea of, of you know, this this is what we do. I, I see it with my five-year-old all the time, right? You know, it's amazing how the things that we do as parents and as a family repetitively, it shows us, you know, that that this is what we do. A quick little example. So uh, after supper, we always know at seven o'clock at night, that's the time for rosary. And so as soon as it gets seven, he can read times, it's seven o'clock, I'll go get the rosaries, you know? And so it's like, that is so cool. As a father, you kinda it always brings me to tears like here's my five year old son excited to pray at least part of the rosary, right? You know? He's going to get the rosaries yeah. and, and knows that this is what we do, you know, so those 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 habits that we that we form, uh that that that's such such good uh grounding for our, our kids. And it sounds like you had a lot of that as well.
0: Absolutely. Yeah, it's that just makes me Yeah, just kinda giddy that your five year old like realizes <laughs> The, the strength and the, the power that the rosary has, not only for just like unity of your family, but also like underlying like, wow, this is something important, you know, something that we do together. Cause so that was definitely something that my family really did when it came to going to youth events or going to church events. We weren't, we weren't massive rosary prayers in my family, um, which surprises some people, but, <laughs> I think the biggest thing that I remember was it was just like every Wednesday night, every event at the church, Mm -hmm. we were going and we were going as a family, even in the midst of sports, even in the midst of theater, it was always church was our priority.
1: Well, that's huge, like you said, that, and, and that's and that's great as a family doing it together. Talked with Cassandra Johnson about her walk, and of course she's now is a pastoral associate for the diocese of Crookston. Um, I'm, I'm curious, Cassandra, is is there any time like in in your life, if you go back, is there a a special maybe first encounter with Christ, maybe a first powerful encounter with Christ that 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 stands out in your mind when he first revealed himself to you in a special way? Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Yeah, totally. Um, There are these camps that the Diocese of Christen does, and it's called uh, JP2 Camp or St. Teresa of Camp. They're in the summer. Mm -hmm. They're about a week long. And when I was in middle school, I went to these camps. Like I said, I would say yes to anything. And uh, the first two years that I went, I was just kind of there because all my friends went and because it was a fun environment. Mm -hmm. Um, But I remember my eighth grade year, we would have this night of adoration and a night of four corners. So essentially a really big night of prayer and encountering the Lord um, in the Eucharist. And I remember sitting down and I just saw everyone crying, being moved. And I looked at the Lord and the monsters and I just said, like, I don't get it. I don't get it. And I was pretty distressed. I was pretty angry with the Lord. Um, And so I just closed my eyes and I prayed and I asked him to to show himself to me in the Blessed Sacrament and I just asked for that faith. I was like, Lord, I, I believe, but help me in my unbelief. And yeah, I opened my eyes and just, it was like the transfiguration. I just couldn't look at the Blessed Sacrament the same. I just, I knew that was Jesus Christ present in front of me, body, soul, divinity, everything. I just was overcome and that moment i just heard deep in my heart like follow me um i didn't know what that meant i didn't know where to go from there but that moment in adoration changed my life and that's definitely the encounter that i keep going back to even though at this point that's over eight years ago for me it's still that moment where i know he claims me as his yeah wow
1: Sandra, that's, that's very powerful. And uh, again, just a, an act of faith on your part, right? Okay, Lord. And obviously, it's response, right? Everything is initiated by God, right? He's there. He's stirring in your heart. But that acceptance, right? Okay, Lord. Okay, show me, you know? And, and that searching for Him. And I, and I love that this the simple... The simple uh, message he gave you, follow me, right? And how many times do we see it in the Bible, right? I love right the call of Matthew, right? I mean, he's there doing his thing at the tax table, right? Follow me, boom. And another little Romeo story, we were looking at um, a picture of the call of Matthew. And he says, Daddy, why is why is the money just falling off the table and onto the floor? You know, because you know that obviously there's many different depictions of it, right? But I said, that, yeah. that just shows me and so we go to the Bible and see where it is. It's like he just says follow me. And he immediately left everything. He said, When God calls, he just left. And you know, if money fell, money fell. You know, he went mm. so the whole idea <laughs> that, you know. God is calling you and setting you apart for a special purpose and when he says follow me you do it or you know like when he says to Peter right and another thing this is a good one for guys I think Cassandra right and John, John it must be John 21 right when you know Jesus restores Peter right he says you know well what about John you know because John is the disciple whom God loved right and Jesus says what if I want him to stay you know till I come back you follow me and for guys that's so yeah. key because too many times we get caught up in what someone else is doing how come they get to do that this and that and the other thing and you just gotta go back to what's God calling me to? Follow me, follow me. And when, when I do that in my own life it brings me a lot more peace. Wow, so that was a profound encounter. A- any subsequent ones that, that, that have kind of, you know, um, been related to that or anything as you go through now these last these last eight years, Cassandra? Oh, yeah,
0: absolutely. He's he's so gentle with my heart, the Lord is and he's encountered me in very minimal ways. Um, but put together is just huge. Mm. And I actually shared my testimony with um, some of our youth this summer, some of our high schoolers. And to be honest, Tim, I forgot almost everything I said. <laughs> it it's was right. just so Holy Spirit-led. Mm-hmm.
1: That's all right. <laughs> it was
0: just, yeah, it was profound, though, the way, because I was going to share my testimony with them, and I thought of that encounter in the Eucharist. Mm. And then I just heard the Lord say to me, like, "Cast look at the past eight years you know, I've encountered you since then. And so it's just all these little moments. Um, and I think for me, one of the biggest has been, the Lord has really shared with me that Mary Magdalene um, has been a woman also after my heart. And my connection with the saints has grown immensely. And that's definitely one of the ways that He walks with me. And uh, John chapter 20 um, of... Jesus encountering Mary outside the tomb has continually been an encounter for me in many ways. It can be no matter what situation it is. I can always go back to that moment in the gospel, and I just, I hear the Lord saying something so new to me. So, yeah, it's definitely been little, little encounters, but I would have to say definitely through the saints and just revealing their lives to me.
1: Has been really helpful. Mm, mm, so true. Talking with Cassandra Johnson, pastoral associate, of the Diocese of Cro- Crookston, uh, working especially at least these last few weeks with uh, the pro life aspect of it. You know, one of the things you mentioned about John 20 that really sticks out to me, and of course, Mary Magdalene, right? The cool thing is, right, she doesn't recognize him at first, right? Isn't that so cool? Mm. And, and so I'm just thinking, when you talk about these encounters, you know, had the profound encounter in the Eucharist, but also these other little times. And I'm guessing if your life's anything like mine, you know, sometimes we get caught up in the business, but it's like you sit back and go, that was you, wasn't it, Lord? Yeah, that was you, you know? <laughs> we don't recognize him yeah. right away, right? Because it can happen in someone that annoys us, right, or a situation that's so stressful. At the same time, when we look, it's like, that was Lord, that is the Lord calling me, right? To follow him still. So I love how we, it's not obvious all the time, right? That, that it's the Lord calling us and doing this, but I, but he's still there.
0: Yes. Yeah. yeah. Just a very aware of the 2020 vision mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> of yeah. the Lord being involved in our lives. But how beautiful that is to be able to say, like, wow, the Lord was really working here.
1: That is so cool. And thanks for sharing that, that testimony with those youth. I mean, obviously, those camps had a powerful uh, influence on you. And just to share that testimony, especially from someone young like you, you know, really has a profound yeah. effect on them. <laughs> we're talking with Cassandra Johnson. When we come back after the break, we're going to talk about her role now in the diocese and a big event that's been going on. And we just put some closure to on a cold Sunday. You're listening to Real Presence Live, and we'll be back right after this.
0: This is Real Presence Live, where the focus is not on the evil around us, but on conversion and mercy through the good news that is always good. We're local, engaging, and live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Daily Meditations of Pope Benedict XVI, presented by Leonardo DiFilippis of St. Luke Productions.
2: The Deep Desire of the Magi. Why did the Magi set off from afar to go to Bethlehem? The answer has to do with the mystery of the star which they saw in the east and which they recognized as the star of the king of the Jews, that is to say, the sign of the birth of the Messiah. So their journey was inspired by a powerful hope toward the kingship of God himself. The Magi set out because of a deep desire which prompted them to leave everything and begin a journey. This is the mystery of God's call, the mystery of vocation. It is part of the life of every Christian. When the Magi came to Bethlehem, going into the house, they saw the child with Mary his mother, and they fell down and worshipped him. Here at last was the long-awaited moment, their encounter with Jesus, going into the house. This house, in some sense, represents the church. In order to find the Savior, one has to enter the house, which is the church. They fell down and worshipped him, and offered him gifts, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Here is the culmination of the whole journey, encounter becomes adoration, it blossoms into an act of faith and love which acknowledges in Jesus, born of Mary, the Son of God made man. The secret of holiness is friendship with Christ and faithful obedience to his will.
1: This meditation is taken from Benedictus, published by Ignatius Press and Magnificat,
0: and produced by St. Luke Productions. Learn more at stlukeproductions.com. This is Real Presence Live on the RPR Network, bringing you stories of faith and hope through local hosts and guests from across the Upper Midwest. Now, back to the show.
1: Welcome back, everyone. To Real Presence Live, my name is Tim Mosier, host today. Talking with Cassandra Johnson, Pastoral Associate for the Office of Formation and Discipleship in the Diocese of Crookston. She's told us her story, a profound encounter with Jesus Christ in the Eucharist at camp one night in adoration. It's just uh, flowed through the rest of her life. It's amazing. Welcome back, Cassandra.
0: Hi, thank you, Tim.
1: Absolutely. And of course, I love your story about you know going through the growing up very strong Catholic, Catholic schools, you, marry your call to the Diocese of Crookston. So let's talk a little bit about that. What are some of your duties at the Diocese of Crookston? And then we want to talk about that special event that we just uh, have been going through the last several weeks.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, the beauty of my job um, is that I get to touch a little bit of everything in our uh, office of formation. And so some of my larger roles is I will be facilitating the summer camp, which I mentioned earlier has impacted my life so much. So the JBQ camp, the St. Teresa of Calcutta camp that allowed me to encounter the Lord, I actually get to go back now um, with my colleague Bob Noel and, and be the directors of that, which is crazy. <laughs>
1: Isn't that something? <laughs> that <Yep. laughs>
0: the Lord has brought me full circle back there. Um And then with the summer camps, I also do a lot of youth events. And so a lot of youth ministry, which is really beautiful. Uh, Right now, for example, we're taking some kids to the National Catholic Youth Conference in California. So hanging out in the airport, getting ready for that. And so we have 56 uh, of us going there and big groups. And so moments like that where I get to travel, bring them on mission trips throughout the diocese. Along with, we do these really beautiful 24-hour retreats, and I actually just did one last weekend, Tim, and it was so life-changing for me. I've never led something like that before.
1: Mm -hmm. Tell us Um, about it.
0: And, yeah, that was, I never thought that 24 hours could be so powerful, but we did our our retreat on the Eucharist, Mm -hmm. and we had talks, we had four strong talks just about the Eucharist, how can you find it? In Scripture, how can you find the Eucharist in the Mass? What does it mean, the Mass itself? And we had um, our very own Bishop Cousins give a beautiful talk about, okay, now you receive the Eucharist. How does that change you? What does it mean? And we had kids who have been coming to camp, coming to retreats, and we had kids who it was their first time ever. And you could seriously see the trans- like transformation in all of them of just this new encounter of being able to claim the Eucharist as a part of their faith, right? Because we Mm. started to see in Catholics that the belief in the Eucharist is going down. Right. Um, And so to see that in the youth and for them to be able to say, I've never seen the Eucharist like that before, like as true presence, was remarkable. So just getting to see these like little nuggets of their lives changing throughout youth ministry has been really cool in my job. Um. And I'm also having to do some new things in the diocese, bringing some new things in, such as looking at young adult ministry. How can we do that in a diocese that is, well, like, widespread? Yeah. Um Looking at bringing in, if we're talking about Respect Life Ministries, one of my facets is um, looking at natural family planning. How can we bring that to our diocese? If we're saying that we welcome all life, that also means that we need to give our couples the tools to be able to welcome all life. And uh, the other aspect of that respect life has then come down to um, our pro-life ministry. And so for me, I felt the Lord was calling me to really take a look at uh, 40 Days for Life, Mm -hmm. uh, which is a a nonprofit that's nationwide, worldwide, uh, that prays and fast, for the ending of abortion and for the closing of abortion clinics, and so that is just where I felt the Lord was taking me, so I kind of did some of that within my job, but that ministry also has to be laity-led, um, as it's all Christians, all faithful are invited, and so I really kind of took that as a diocesan liaison, but then really just as an extracurricular in my life.
1: We're talking with Cassandra Johnson about her, her duties and her jobs and her opportunities and blessings at the Diocese of Crookston in her role there as pastoral associate for um, the uh, Office of Formation and Discipleship. You know, a couple of things really come to mind, Cassandra. Uh, getting back to the Eucharist for just a second, of course, we are in a period now of Eucharistic revival. And yeah. that is so awesome. I mean, what a great idea to have a 24-hour retreat uh, for these youth and you know have having your own bishop there as, as one of the presenters powerful right yeah. and to really open their eyes and their hearts I guess to the Eucharist and to have those lives transformed and changed by that encounter uh, boy th- that is such a great idea and um, that, that's wonderful so so glad you're doing that the second yeah the yeah. second thing is uh, this so sort of the 40 days for life right so I think a lot of our listeners know but of course <laughs> With the Dobbs decision coming down, the decision for uh, abortion went back to the states. North Dakota is very pro-life, Minnesota not. And so within a matter of just, you know, a a week or two, we have this situation going, wow, okay, so what's happening now, right? The abortion clinic in Fargo is closing. They're getting, you know, they have land, they have property, they're going to move over to Moorhead. A lot of things are happening, you know, obviously as a pro-life community, we're trying to... To minimize the impact, see what we can do, right? And so in the midst of all that, you're thrown into that. And I had the opportunity to meet you at at a couple of uh, meetings and whatnot, one that we held and and another one that was held uh, by someone else, of course. But uh, just a little bit, talk a little bit more about the specifics of this 40 Days for Life, how it came about and how the Lord walked you through this and some of the fruit of this specific 40 Days for Life campaign, the first 40 Days for Life campaign in Moorhead.
0: Yeah, yeah, thank you. Absolutely. Um, I think one of the kickstarting moments was actually when I first started my job. I can remember it so clearly. I started August 16th and, um, Bishop came up to me and he said, you know, I would, I would like you to attend this tent meeting with me. I'm doing the opening prayer. It would just be nice to have some, some diocesan representation there. And I said, okay. So on a Friday night, <laughs> I went to a tent meeting, which is essentially just giving um, the faithful information about, you know, what's going on with the abortion clinic, moving to Moorhead, and so I was learning a lot there, and I remember Tim uh, Tim Miller got up and spoke, and what he said just struck me, and he said, if you think that you do not have a role in this movement, you are wrong. And I just remembered my internal prayer. I was like, Lord, I do not have time for this. Like, <laughs> I, He's not speaking to me and um I just brought it to prayer later that night, and I just realized, like, no, like, he was speaking to me. And I just didn't know my role and what that was going to look like. And all of a sudden, I got a call from one of my friends, Jocelyn, and she said, hey, there's a group wanting to start a 40 Days for Life in Moorhead, but none of us really have, you know, the time to commit or the name to put on, um like, the waiver. And I was like, you know what? Like, let's get in a meeting, let's talk about it. And we talked about it, and I just felt this gut feeling that this is where I'm supposed to be. And so I said, okay, let's do it. Like, let's let's put our names on it and let's go. And so we met with some of the women who ran the Fargo 40 Days for Life, and oh my gosh, were they so helpful <laughs> getting yeah. us started. And not only was it uh, a brand new 40 Days for Life being in Moorhead, you have to create a whole new group but it was also brand new to me. I prayed in high school, uh, out of forty days and that that did stick with me. I went to the abortion clinic one day to pray when I was a junior and an escort walked me to the door and I just remember being like, Oh, I'm I'm not going in Um and they got a little upset with me and that yeah. wounded me. Mm-hmm. And that's why I'm doing what I'm doing is because of that feeling when I was 16 of feeling scared, and I wasn't even pregnant, <laughs> mm-hmm. I was going to pray, and I, I was scared. Um, and so I was just like, you know what, I want to start this 40 Days to Life, I want to create a team, and oh my gosh, did my team carry me, but just to support not only the women, but the men, the clinic workers, the babies, everyone who's been incorporated in the harsh reality of abortion. We wanted to be there
1: praying and fasting for them. You know, one of the things that struck me, Cassandra, about this uh, campaign, you know, is like you said, of course, I know the some of the women that, that have been very helpful in the 40 Days for Life campaign for years here in the Fargo Diocese. Uh, but just to really see w- when you guys came to our the event that we had at St San Joachim come there in September, just to see the relationship and, and and that the friendship that you had with them was just yeah, it was just amazing, you know um, and that, that was wonderful, it was wonderful. Um, any, um, and we also had to help tell our listeners the great news, we, we saved some lives with this 40 days campaign didn't we? Yes, oh my gosh,
0: praise the Lord, we saved two lives. Mm-hmm. during the 40 days for life campaign so we have two babies that are going to be living breathing having a story having a life because there was dedicated people out there praying and fasting for them for their lives yeah
1: and we also had a rather a, a, the closing prayer service was last sunday and if people remember last sunday that's when we had the huge wind with huge gusts but we had, <laughs> we had quite a great turnout didn't we
0: Oh my, yeah, Tim, we had around 65 people Mm -hmm. out on the sidewalk praying in, what, 30, 40 mile per hour Mm -hmm. (laughs) winds? Yeah, it was so beautiful just even to see our group grow too. It almost tripled the size of what we had for our kickoff rally. Um, And we, yeah, it was a really beautiful time of prayer. um, Where a rally, you may, you know, excite people and, and get them ready and this Candlelight kind of like prayer service was more just
1: to really finally root ourselves in prayer mm-hmm. yeah it, it was such such a wonderful thing cassandra i really appreciate all you're doing and look forward to having you on again have a safe trip and uh, we'll talk to you when thank you get you. back all right That's cassandra, yes, thank you so much you betcha cassandra johnson diocese of crookston up next now really and truly we do have mark holcraft executive director of real presence radio and we'll be chatting with him right after this break